Welcome to the season finale episode slash the unfortunate game seven covering of the bots. And you know what? Better late than never, right? Oh, we're we needed time. We needed yeah. time. You know, it's it's been a few weeks, and we needed it. But truly, we needed it because I would have, I would have, I would have said a lot of things that I don't know whether I would say now. I, I mean, clearly, you've seen my notes for the game seven <laughs> episode. Said a lot of things that now I'm like, eh, maybe not. <laughs> now that my blood isn't boiling. Yeah, but you know, I, I had this conversation with so many people before the this series started. Was the Leafs can't lose this series for the good of the fan base, and they fucking did, and in such embarrassing fashion. Wow. Oh, uh, and you know what? Th- there were so many reasons why we couldn't lose this. Because now we are the laughing stock of the entire NHL. Like even Buffalo's laughing at us because they won the first overall pick. Even Buffalo's laughing at us. What the fuck? Dude, people are looking at the Leafs right now and they're looking at that the division's going back to normal next year. And we're no longer even a top three team in our division, according to most people. Well, we have like who gives a who gives a fuck about regular season success? Like, You're gonna make the playoffs. We're gonna be a wild card team next year. <laughs> if the if the, like, <laughs> no, no, the Leafs play really well in the regular season. Kian, they'll get our hopes up all season long, and then let us down in the playoffs like they did this year. And you know what? I, I, I like there must be something about this team because I, I fucking hate it. I absolutely hate it. How like how it's almost impressively bad that five years straight you've managed to take every playoff series you've been in except for the one against Washington, everything after Washington, but we weren't even supposed to be in that one. That's a whole other story. Every real playoff series we've been in, we've taken the distance, gotten to the final game, and just can't close it out. Like there is no killer instinct in this club. I don't, I, I don't get it. Like, and, and that's not something you can even trade for or pay for. Like, that's a mentality that you've got to have within your organization, and, and that's got to start from day one. And, and that's you know we were worried about it a lot of times because they did let a lot let their foot off the gas during the season. We saw it all the time. So maybe, maybe we were overly optimistic because. We knew that they didn't have a killer instinct, and that's what worried me, and that's the thing. There's a reason everybody says that the fourth win is the hardest to get because all of a sudden, you're just in your own head. And truly, I think the Toronto Maple Leafs need to fire their sports psychologist and get a new one because that ain't, <laughs> that ain't it. Because this was all mental. There's nothing to do. Like These are some of the most talented players in the world. We have one of the best teams on paper in the world one of the most skilled teams in the world. And they can't figure out how to get a fourth win. And it's because there's no killer instinct. They put tremendous pressure on themselves and they're clearly not getting the right guidance to get themselves out of that hole they dig themselves into. 
So I, I put that on the sports psychologist, man. That's their job. Make sure that these guys are mentally ready to go and have the right mindset going into every game, especially in the playoffs. I don't know, man. Honestly, like, I, it's weird how much my position has changed in the last, you know, I guess week since or a week or two that this has happened. Go on. I, I don't know. I, <laughs> I, I was like, we need to, like, one of the big four need to go after game seven. Like, that, yeah, that's, I was where, that's what I was thinking. Like, that was the first thing that came in my head is like, you have to trade Mitch Marner. You don't trade Nylander because he's the only person who showed up. Period. You can't trade Matthews. He's just too good, too much of a generational talent. You can't trade Tavares. Shib can't. So Mitch Marner is your best option. Morgan Riley's a second best option. Those are both like one of the one of the five need to go. That's what I was. That's where my head was. Now, I'm also thinking on this fact. Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews. And I know, I know as Leaf fans, we're like, just fucking do it already. And we're impatient. And we've, and actually, oh, we've been very patient. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if impatience is the right word because we've, I don't know. We just, we, we just, we always have these super high expectations. And I think this year, it felt too good to be true the entire year. Dude, we don't have high expectations. We just want to win. One I know, I know, I know. But, not, but like, but think about it. Like, literally, think about it. Like the entire year, right? Like, we had really good runs. We also had really terrible runs. And even though we won the division by handily, like, we had a lot of really bad situations throughout the season. It wasn't it wasn't like a, you know sunshine and rainbows the entire time. So, I just don't think this was the year where it was meant to happen. Like the, the Leafs are. I honestly think next year might be the one that pulls them out because of how devastating and embarrassing this loss straight up, was. Yeah, just straight up embarrassing. Like this, this was, and and I will say this clearly, this was the most embarrassing loss in Toronto Maple Leafs history. Straight up. And you know, it, it started as soon as the puck dropped. You you could tell that like this was the worst effort of the entire series in game seven. Like that yeah. that was the worst effort I've ever seen this team put, <laughs> put on the ice. I'm like, there is no burning desire in these guys to win a game here. Like they're like they just don't seem disinterested, disconnected. Like no, no, you know we're we're just gonna take the L here and uh, pack our bags and go home. It's like what? I mean, uh, on top of that, I think you know the whole mental thing that I'm mentioning. I think that's tenfold for Mitch Marner. I think he gets in his head more than anybody else on this roster. And, you know, at that, that turnover that led to the first goal, that, w- that took the wheel out of our tires, that took the wind out of our sails. And, you know, he tried to make a move through the middle. And it, on top of that, that was a weak goal for Campbell to give up. But at the same time, he doesn't have to face that shot if, you know, if he dumps and chase or carry it wide. You try to stick handle through the middle, bad things are going to happen. Yeah, like Mitch wanted just throughout the whole series, like just, just seemed rattled or frazzled, more just, like just just poor decision making, and it, and it's stuff that like we called him out for early in the year, straight up. We, we called him out in our first episode. Yeah, like go back, <laughs> listen to our episodes like early in the season last year before the Leafs started just like really rolling. 
Like we were ripping Mitchie regularly. And it, and it's like and it's it's not that he's not insanely talented, but he, 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 but, but maybe he, that's he, why we rip him so hard because he is that talented. Yeah, but like the mistakes he makes are just so like so clinically costly. bad. Like it's so bad. Like they're they're Jake Gardner level bad. <laughs> I was about to say they're Jake Gardner they, level. They mistakes. are Jake Gardner level mistakes. Like no question. Like if you think about it, like it, Mitch Marner this season was the new Jake Gardner. Tough. Can you think of another player that would fit that description? No, <laughs> because it's it's like <laughs> you can see the talents there. And you know what he's capable of, but then he'll have, he has like these brain fart moments that are so costly and at the worst possible times. The worst possible times. Like, man, you have more pucks flipped over the, <laughs> over the glass than you do go play uh, goals in playoff games. Like <laughs> what? Oh my God. And to yeah. do that when you're already down a man, when you just led in the first goal, like, I don't know. Like, I was less mad after this game, and just this makes <laughs> such a dad joke. But I was, I was less mad and more disappointed, just embarrassed, straight up embarrassed. Because, because I knew this series was over as soon as we lost Game Five. Because <laughs> it's the Leafs, man. Because the Leafs. Just... Because it's the Leafs. It's like this, like the Leafs. If, like, and I, and I, and I'll say this for next season too. If the Leafs are going to win a series, it's either going to be a sweep or it's going to be a five or four one. Like it's going to be a quick series if the Leafs win a series because they need to do it. If it goes to Game Seven, we know they just don't have it. They just don't have it. They need yeah. to get on a heater and just fucking roll it out. It's like they just forget how to play hockey in Game Seven. Side yeah, that, like so, we, the Leafs cannot get to that point if they're going to win a series. And I think, and the crazy thing is. I think once they win a series, once they get that weight off their shoulders, over the hump, the shoulders they're gonna take off. They're gonna. That's where like that's you, why. Like if you I look agree. at like Nathan, if you look at like Nathan McKinnon, you like he won playoff series early in his career, right? So now he's coming back and he just keeps fucking just getting better and better. And there's a lot of players who they won. The Leafs just didn't do that. So now that they're, I don't know. They enjoyed good teams. I don't know how, but the Leafs managed to turn Wayne Simmons soft. Yeah. He, he was as soft as a Tootsie Roll fruit cup in that game seven, man. <laughs> Dude, like, we said this mid-year, though. I, I I wish I wish you never got injured. Because, like, dude, you're a glass house. Yeah, he is. Like you had, you spent all this time, you had all this time recovering, getting to perfect shape, and then you take yourself out for six weeks. Well, it was right like in, such an, it's just unfortunate, really. I know. It's, it just, well, it's it sad. also, you know, I said it in, in the game six post game. I, I said, like, if, if Keith doesn't split up Marner and Matthews, if he doesn't change anything, they will lose. And look what happened. He didn't change anything. I don't get it. This was very Babcock-esque where you, you have that refusal to change. If it's not working, you just lost fucking two games in a row and you're now on the brink going into a game seven. 
why the fuck would you not change something? Is clearly what you've been doing the last two games isn't generating offense. You need, especially going against a goalie like Carey Price, you need to, I, even if you're go- things are going well, I'd still shake things up because you need to keep Carey Price on his toes. You have to keep him guessing. It's the only way you're going to beat him. Well, like, what if, what if Mike Babcock actually got in their head still? Straight up. Listen to this. Listen to this. All right. All throughout Mike Babcock's tenure, he never wanted to put Matthews and, Mar- and Marner together. Never. Only on the power play. Never wanted to put them together. So his thing was Matt was Matthews, Nylander, and Marner Tavares. Right? That was his thing. And he refused to change it. So now the change that happened when they fair the coach is like, let's put Matthews with Marner. They did the change. So I almost think they got so stuck in that fact that they made the change and Mike Babcock just fucking brain injured them that they made the change. They're like, Oh, we can't go back to the way Babcock did it. We have to just, we just, we, we made the change. We're different. We get it. We like, just got to trust the, the process. The, I think they just got the, mind fucked by Mike Babcock. There's nothing <laughs> wrong with how Babcock had the line structured. The problem is not being willing to change them especially during a playoff series. And this is this I have to emphasize so much. A playoff series is literally a chess match between two teams and between two coaches. And if you're not shaking up the lines to adjust in the series, if you're just going to feel the same thing over and over and over, you become predictable and easy to shut down. And all Montreal does is try to shut you down. Yeah, because they have a good goalie know, to lead. I don't know how we didn't give Matthews shifts without Marner with me, like with Nylander or with, even like lower in the line, I put him like on a fourth line ship. They, like they put, he kept putting Nylander there, which like, yeah, do that. But <laughs> Cause he was the only guy, but like early in the series, like Martin Mar- Nylander was playing like 16 minutes while Marner and Matthews were playing 26, 27. So, but also Let's be real. The reason we all big one of the biggest reasons why we lost the series and why we knew we weren't going anywhere this season is because the power play once again was a fucking tire fire. It was so bad it licked giant yeah, butthole. Like power power play coach should be fucking fired right away. <laughs> it's 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 incredible how bad this fucking power play can be with how much talent was on this team. Well, they just can't even get into the zone. It's like uh, that's it's, where it it's, starts. It's, it's it's astounding. But even when they get in the zone, they just don't feel dangerous. No, because they can never they never get truly set up because they try some fancy shit and one of the penalty killers figures it out, picks it up, and puts the puck down the ice. So it's like now you got to restart all over again. And one of your biggest issues with getting in the zone in the first place. So as soon as that happened, you may as well just stick a fork in the power play. Cause she's done. Yeah. I also feel like they're the way they dumped the puck, even when they did dump the puck in, they didn't dump it in efficiently. They, they don't dump it in with any purpose. Yeah. They, they dump, they, they only dump it in as a last resort. So it's always to nobody. So when they actually do do dump in, that's supposed to be a four checkable dump it they don't know what to do because they don't. They're not forechecking a dump in often enough. Like we, we, we need pressure earlier, earlier in the, up, uh, on the on the on the forwards. Like it needs I, to be I mean, below the goal line. 
overall, just the way this series panned out was a terrible, terrible look for our big boys and for Dubas for paying them as much as he did because now it's become a story of, of dollars and cents, right? Where the guys you're paying all this money had less points than like, like Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews combined had less goals than Jake Muzzin. What the fuck? Or, I mean, they both, them combined in points had less than Alex Kerfoot. 3.5 or 11? Uh. <laughs> well, we also know that Kerfoot's bas- value. Kerfoot's basically gone. He's going to Seattle. Yeah. Well, I want to read something from my notes because it's very raw. And, well, I, I just, this is how I was feeling immediately after game seven. And I feel it needs to be said. So, and, and I, and I quote myself here it is very clear that this team doesn't give a fuck about Jumbo, doesn't give a fuck about Jason Spezza, doesn't give a fuck about John Tavares in the hospital, and doesn't give a fuck about Leafs Nation, who have been suffering for all these years. And quite frankly, they only give a fuck about a paycheck. That That's the vibe I get because it, it, it's, I don't think it's a coincidence that the one time they don't show up is the time of year that they're not actually getting paid. So I just think it's pathetic. I think it's fucking pathetic that you have guys on your team like a Joe Thornton, like a Jason Spezza, and you have your captain go down with a serious injury in game one. And that's not enough motivation for you to get on your fucking horse. Are you serious? You have two of the biggest beauties who have ever played the game on your roster, who have never won a cup, who are fighting, clawing, doing everything they can more so Jason Spezza than Jumbo. Let's be honest here. But doing everything he possibly can to get you back in the series, to get you back in the game, to get you a win. And he's the like he seems to be the only one out there playing with some fucking heart. Because there's no heart on this team. And that's a sad thing. And, and you know what? I I had to say that because that that is exactly what I wrote down after the game that it was the raw emotion of it all i was angry i was pissed off i was disappointed i was embarrassed and you know what leafs nation deserves better because like we as relatively young fans haven't even seen half of the shit show that the rest of leafs nation has had to deal with so that's so true. Oh my God. Right. Like we didn't have to do with the eighties, the seventies, the fucking night, like most, like, most of the nineties for most people. Like, dude, like it got worse. Like, and that's the thing. So they're used to it. We're just, we're just the tip of the iceberg here. And you know, quite frankly, all these people are still watching, are still paying money to either watch on TV or, you know, when we were able to go to the games and, you know, buy $15 beers, pay $300 for a fucking ticket. And you know what? We deserve better. You know why? Because all that fandom is paying your fucking $11 million salary. So you know what? It's time for you to show up for, for Leafs Nation. And it's time for you to show some heart in the playoffs, to win a series, to make some noise, and show that you care. Like, that. that's the biggest thing for me is – it didn't look like they gave a fuck out there in game seven. 
it, it there was no urgency in them there was no like realization that oh shit if we lose this our series our season's over hmm. if i'm being honest as soon as they lost game five, they looked shell-shocked for the rest of it. Like, as soon as Montreal had life, the Leafs didn't know what to do. That's why no. they started game six horribly. Went down fucking th- two nothing. Like, you sure you come back and you lose in overtime again after a brutal tur- turnover. Like, by the time they get to the game seven, they just – you knew about the t- you knew at puck drop the Leafs weren't winning that game. They just well, didn't have it in them. They had no heart. They had no belief in themselves. But they they had they, at that point they had already blown a three one lead. Like it was a tie series. It was it was a winner take all. Like they had blown it. And so in their mind, they're fucking just already crushed. They've already lost. There's there's no leaders. There's no leadership among the core group. Well, and I and I. It's hard to rag on on our captain here because he really wasn't well, involved well, yeah. in the series at all, yeah. right? So that well, that's I, that's what I'm. I think that's the thing is like if John Tavares doesn't get injured in this series, we I win it handily. Yeah, I think it's a different story because I and I was saying this after Game Six is that it it, it very much has to do with the shutdown role of Phil Deneau. Yeah, he did because a job. as soon as John Tavares is in the mix. You, you have a secondary threat, right? A secondary all-star centerman who can make things happen. But without that, all Phil Deneau has to do is, oh, let's just focus on the Matthews and Marner line. And Keith's inability, well, refusal to change that made it made Phil Deneau's life so much easier. Imagine if you're a shutdown guy, wouldn't you rather prefer to shut down one line, two guys on one line rather than them split up? It's a lot less work. And so do you think Montreal has a chance against the Vegas or the not Avalanche? a hope, not a <laughs> fucking hope. Unless they somehow get their top line Dude, center. The only uh, reason they blanked the jets is because Shifley got injured. I know, but like, hold on. No, Shifley got suspended. <laughs> Yo, sorry. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but my point is, is like, what, if, what, what if they go into this next series and the best player on the other team whether if it's the Golden Knights, what if Mark Stone gets injured, or what, and if, if it's the Avalanche, what if it's Mark, uh, Nathan McKinnon that just gets injured in game one or two, and then they're done for the series. So there'll be three series in a row where the best they lose their best they lose, player. One their, they lose one of their top three players in their team for the rest of the series. Because like even like Shifley, all those their number one center arguably wasn't their best player this year. Nikolai Ehlers was their best player this year. Right, like so, and like John Tavares, although was play on a line, they might. Yeah, so you you need one to have the other going. (laughs) It's true. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. Like it'd be crazy if they got another big injury or suspension that way, and and they ended up winning again. It was like I could see it happen because that's just such a Montreal thing to happen. Yeah, because they have a goalie that can literally just steal anything, right? So like. If they lose one of their big offensive pieces, Montreal just takes advantage of fucking shitty opportunities because they just sit back and there's like, oh, yeah, Carrie will make the saves. <laughs> it's fucked. Seriously. And you know what? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm done with game seven. 
quite frankly. I'm, I'm done talking about it. Um, it's my first time to, like actually talking about it. Yeah, yeah, me too. And you know, it's it's getting <laughs> it's getting me back to that anger. <laughs> now, now I'm realizing why my notes were so fucking angry. Well, one thing I want to say, and and it makes me a little sad, and, and I think part of it is just like because of what this team is, we're gonna need a goalie to to literally steal us a game. I steal oh. us, make it give us a game that we have no no business winning. And unfortunately, while Jack Campbell played incredible all series, it's it's not he didn't actually steal us a game. No. And so, like that's that's unfortunately probably what's going to be the expectation next year <laughs> is like because of this they've clearly shown they have no killer instinct. So if we're going to win, it's going to come down to goaltending. <laughs> <laughs> right like <laughs> we know we can score at least one because Nylander will show up <laughs> like so you know you can get at least one so it just like Jack Cowell is going to have to stand and said I'm really curious to see the changes that I'm making this offseason because there's going to be so many changes just inevitably this offseason just based off of the scenario and situations that we're running into. I mean, you got the expansion draft. So Alex Kerfoot, see you later. So that's sad, but it is what it is. Because let's be real. I would be really shocked if Seattle took Travis Dermott instead of Kerfoot. Well, that's the thing. It's it's really unpredictable because it's up to them, right? I know, but if you're going off playoff, the, the playoffs you just saw there, Kerfoot was arguably the best player on the Leafs. <laughs> it was like literally, you know, in a, so, yeah, he was one. He was of the in the conversation. Sure. He was in the conversation, right? And so you know, the Leafs are not going to be protecting him. He's making three point five million for a few more years. Why wouldn't you take them? He could fit play your second line center role or whatever, right? Or wherever you want to put him, he's adaptable. So like you know, he's gone. Then Jumbo Jumbo's probably gone. Nick Felino's gone. Man, how sad is that for Jumbo? That well, like- it seems like he hasn't made a decision whether he's retiring or not yet. I well, think he retires, but if he does come back, I don't know where he goes. Yeah, I, it's not with the Leafs, that's for sure. No, I honestly wouldn't want him back. No. That was like he it's not like he played well. It's not like he brought something special to the team. He didn't. Now, like I I do believe part of that was was a coaching problem. Like I don't think that Jumbo Joe should have ever been on the first power play unit, and I say this no all year. That Jumbo should not be on the top unit because he's too slow. He straight up cannot keep up with everyone else on the ice. So when they're trying to do a quick move or a quick quick play in the in the in the zone or in the neutral zone, whatever it is. He just cannot keep up to do that effectively. So there needs to be a better player. Whether that's it should maybe it's probably maybe, maybe it was Nylander that it needed to be there, or maybe it was Hyman that needed to be there. Whoever, just someone who can actually have the speed. So this is why I'm interested in next year. Next year we lose a lot of this, uh, you know, I guess dead weight, dead weight, and you inject the likes of. Nick Robertson probably playing next to John Tavares and William Nylander next year. I've really that's I, I'm excited to see what Nick Robertson can do in a because and I said this in the preseason last year 
that if you're going to play Nick Robertson on the Maple Leafs, he needs to be in the top six role because that's where he's going to be most effective. You know, I said that. Go back and look at the episodes. I most definitely said that. As you were like, oh, he's going to make the team. It's like, it doesn't make sense because he won't make a top six role. Well, if he, he didn't get injured, one. he would have been on the team. And he probably would have been a lot further ahead in his development than he currently is. But I think, but Didn't also, he like break his of, ankle. I think part of the reason why he got injured though was because he was playing lower in the lineup. He made the team lower in the lineup. Like he just gets different matchups, different style of the game when he's playing out there with Nylander and Tavares or Matthews and Marner for that matter. Because it's a good chance we lose that Kaiman this year, this summer. Yeah, it's a good chance. It really depends on how greedy he is. Actually, that's not fair. But like, if, if anybody in- was going to take less, I think Hyman would be that guy. Uh, that's what we let's what we live with hope. Like, guys, I would love to have Zach Hyman back, but at the same time, what kind of term are you giving him? Realizing that he's turning thirty this year. So he's on the back end and he has that knee that's just had surgery on it and has got wrecked in again very I'd recently. Give, I'd give him Kerfoot money. That's like basically what he's getting paid right now. Yeah, of course you'd give him Kerfoot money. The Leafs would love to give him Kerfoot money. That's not what he's going to get though, dude. He's been on pace for 30 goals for the last two seasons. Like, Zach Hyman's gonna get paid. Like they're you're, they're talking like for as uh, as far as free agent, like you know mid fives, almost six for some some teams. Man, that would be a bad signing. Uh, yeah, but some teams are that desperate, or they need to get closer to the to the cap floor. Like <laughs> Zach Hyman is making two point two million. He's making less than Kerfoot right now, right? It, and he's gonna he's due for a big raise, but it, he's twenty nine. He's a year younger than me. Zach Hyman? Yeah. Zach Hyman's my age. He's a 94, dude. Why does it say he's 29 then? Because that, I don't know, that's fake news, but I'm like 99% sure Zach Hyman is a Zach 94. Hyman, Ju- June 9th, 1992. Morgan Riley's your age. Like, I'm almost certain. I'm literally looking at Cat Friendly right now. <laughs> Maybe Cat Friendly is a liar. It's possible. Or maybe I'm a liar. I don't know. Yeah, June 9th, 1982. That's what it says here. Like he's on he's a lot older there than than like we it's just because he came in at the same time as Nylander, Matthews, and Marner, who were all a, a lot younger. Like he got drafted pretty early. He got drafted in 2010. I don't know why. I he got drafted in 2010 and he got and he got we got him from Florida in the trade for Greg McKeg. Like he's he's a way further down the development than than the rest of the core. So he's done he, he took the, the family discount already. So I don't know whether we can afford like if he goes into fives, I don't think you can afford to pay him fives. Whatever. I think the most you can give him is like four and a half. I mean, I'll miss the work ethic, but my God, that guy has no hands. <laughs> no finish. No hands, no finish. You know what? 
Even if we lose him, I don't really think it's a big deal. I think the part of it though is that the the elements that he does bring, the Leafs don't have in spades. Straight yeah, up. well, they need to make some moves, and I think that's. Do you think Galchen- Do you think Galchenyuk comes back? Not a chance. Not a chance. How about Wayne Simmons? Not a chance. I hope. I'd love to see Wayne Simmons on an, uh, on another one-year deal. But I just don't see it happening. Jason Spezza? He's, he's staying. I mean, it, he, he already came out and said that he would stay. It, it's, it's just up to the Leafs to offer him, a, offer him the same fucking deal. Like, he's clearly still got it. He had a hell of a year. Riley Nash? I mean, I don't really care if he stays, if I'm being honest. Is that Bogosian? I hope he stays. I don't think he will, but I hope he does. Let me know Martin Brinson's gone. How about yes. Travis? And Travis Dermott's an RFA. Yeah, he's not getting paid. <laughs> <laughs> he's signing, like, a very low bridge deal. Yeah, like, if I'm him, I'm probably signing a one-year deal. Yeah. Like, you just had a stinker of a season. Uh, Freddie Anderson. Oh, man, you had to go there. The fan in me wants to say he stays. The realist in me says he goes. It, it all it all depends on price, right? Like, how what what is he willing to take? If, is he willing to take that same contract again? See, I don't even think the Leafs would pay him that. Yeah, that's that's the thing. It's like he doesn't have a strong case to ask for more money. He really doesn't. Like, and the thing when he was asked about, it, he's like, "I'm, you know, my agent, and you know, we're very, you know, I I know how good of a goalie I, I am." And it's like, man, but you look at the last few years, riddled with injuries, and your numbers aren't great because of said injuries so all you can do is look at the stats when it comes to your paycheck here and and all all people in the nhl care about is what have you done lately and he's done fuck all lately so so i i I don't know i think he tests the free agent market and i I think somebody's gonna overpay him yeah because people are desperate for goalies i i honestly wouldn't be surprised if he went to buffalo Ugh. Might have to burn my Freddy jersey if that happens. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if he went to Buffalo. Like, you're talking about teams that need a goalie and would desperately pay for one. Yeah. Buffalo comes to mind. Detroit comes to mind. I don't want to talk about Freddie Anderson. It makes me sad. Well, how about we talk about something super positive? The most positive thing of the day. Martin Rinson is gone. <laughs> yeah. Martin Rinson is gone. He, he has been vanquished from the Leafs organization. We're finally check- rid of the fucking Czech menace that and is he's, Martin Rinson. He's off to the Czech League, you know, in a league where he belongs in, you know, because he had no business being anywhere near <laughs> the NHL. Oh, my goodness. It's the bet. It's. It, Hallelujah. Big day for the Leafs offseason. 
We don't have Martin Marinson, but there's no way he didn't even play. Did he even play a game this year? I don't know. I don't care. I don't care. He can never play a game for Leafs again. That's well. Here's the other thing. It's like that frees up a spot in our our defensive development program. Like, put a young guy in there. Let them get these minutes because you're wasting them on that plug. Ooh, David Riddich. Um, I think that's a tough one. What's it? What's his deal looking like anyway? He's currently making one point three seven five. He's a UFA. He's a UFA. He's twenty eight. I, I think he's gone, and I think Joseph Wall takes a step up. Interesting. Interesting. Or or they bring back James Reimer to create the most wholesome goalie <laughs> tandem in NHL history. No, I think James Reimer ends up t- costing too much money. Does Nick Patan come back? Um, I'd like to see Nick Patan come back. I think that kid's he's, got he, potential. He's an RFA. I how mean, about, he's not going to cost very much. Uh, how about Kenny Augustino? I don't care. Uh, <laughs> if I'm being frank. Callie Kosala. I don't even know who that is. Uh, Scott Sabern. Fuck that guy. Uh, Dennis Malgan. Gone. Uh, Andy Swambola. Oh, isn't that one of the the new guys we signed? Or are we traded for? We traded for, yeah. I mean, see what you got in him. I don't really know much about the guy. We got him for Barabanov. Right. From the Sharks. Yeah, I think that they'll see what they have in him. Because, yeah, then the, everyone else is still here for one more year. There's been a lot of talk about whether Riley gets traded this offseason. What do you think about that? I mean, you need a number one D-man. What if you believe that Rasmus Sandin is that player? I mean, he certainly has the potential. I mean, he had a rough rough game in the playoffs. And I won't say he had a rough playoffs altogether because he didn't. He started off very strong. Um, he had one terrible, terrible game, and he got benched for it. Well, the the other side, the other part of this argument is the fact that Mark Riley is currently making five million for one more season, which is next season. If you trade him right now, he's at his highest value because people will get a full season out of him. So you'd get a lot more you would in a trade in, in this off season than you would if you were to trade him, say, at the deadline next year if things aren't going well. Like, and then I- and then if you don't do that. And you can't afford to re-sign him at the upgrade that he's going to get because you know he's going to make more than five million on his next contract. Then you lose him for nothing. So that's the conversation that is happening. I think right now. the only trade that makes sense to me in this off season that involves Riley is trading Riley for Seth Jones. <laughs> Ooh. Think about it. It makes all the sense in the world. Yo, know, a lot, a lot of people, a lot of people think Seth Jones is overrated now. He's not overrated, man. He just played on a fucking shit team for his whole career. He's a really talented defenseman. He had a, and he's a huge guy. He had a pretty shitty year. Yeah, but he's on a pretty shitty team. I, I had him in fantasy. Like he still had a pretty shitty year. 
And that's why he asked that for out of Columbus. But that's the thing. It's like you need a guy of similar caliber on the back end to Riley. Also, we both have Riley jerseys so that we, we hope I mean, that doesn't happen. I, I don't, I don't want to see Riley go. Like, I love Morgan Riley. But if you're thinking about the fact that can you afford to bring him back, and that is a conversation that needs to, needs to happen because you're paying all those big guys that much money and you know they're not going anywhere. So how are you going to build the right team around that core that exists with the amount, a lot of dollars that you have? And is Riley the guy? He's had inconsistent seasons. He did have a really good series against Montreal in actuality. Like I had very little bad things to say about Morgan Riley in the series against Montreal. Like if, yeah, he if, was, you're, if you're thinking about the team, him, him and him and Brody were solid. Yeah, like I yeah. Yeah, bro, Brody was Brody was incredible. All Brody season was long. just a fucking beautiful signing. I I still love. Every he's he's here for a, for a few years, right? Three, three more years. Love it. Yeah, I can get on board with three more years of Brody. But that's so we got we got at least we got two three more years of wait, yeah, three more years of Brody and Muslin. Beauty. But then you have. Now one more year of Sandine and Riley, and they're both up the same summer. So you got to make a decision. So that's why you don't want Rasmus Sandine in that top D-man role, because then he's going to want to get paid. He's not going to get paid off of his entry-level deal. Not like the big boys. But if if you put him in a, for a top defenseman role and he excels, no, he's going to be looking for money, man. No, because he wouldn't have the numbers to back it up. Even if he had a huge season, he'd only have one season of his entry-level contract to actually make that argument, and it wouldn't be enough to, to go for a, a large amount. Plus, he wouldn't have arbitration rights, so he's still an RFA. I think most likely he ends up signing a bridge contract. Probably yeah. a 3.5 million three-year contract. That would be my prediction. That's Sandy. Signs and Riley's currently making five and is due for an upgrade the same summer. So, where does that money go? And uh, I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> that's why being a GM is hard. That's literally why. Because, oh, I, I do not like, envy GMs, they have one of the hardest jobs in the world, and like the. Like is is Travis Dermott part of the equation moving forward? Is he not? I don't know. At the like after the season he had, I wouldn't be upset if he's not. So like, would you be upset if they didn't even tender an offer to him? I mean, I think they will, but I think they should lowball him. Well, I mean, he's not even making nine hundred thousand right now, so so I'll give him another nine hundred thousand. Just give him nine hundred thousand flat. So sure. you're giving him a like a twenty six thousand dollar raise. Nice. <laughs> yeah. And this, what he he had, I'd say the worst season he's had in a Maple Leaf uniform. You want to know something else that's cool though? What? Mikhail Grabowski is officially off the records next season. 
So what does that mean we can do? Nothing, because we were paying him $0, but his name was on the bio history until so, this season. So it means literally not, nothing. Thanks, no, thanks just, for sharing. It just means the cat-friendly page is getting slightly smaller. <laughs> we still have one more year of Phil Kessel at 1.2. <laughs> Man. Maybe that's why we can't win. We still have Phil Kessel on the salary. We're just, we can't get him out of our system. <laughs> Well, let's do our buds and duds of the playoffs. Of the series? Yeah. All right, do you want to go first or second? I'll go second. All right. So we'll start with the duds. My dud's Mitch Marner. Too many giveaways, too many bad decisions, no goals in 17 playoff games. You get paid to be a superstar, and you were not a superstar. You get outplayed by Phil Deneau and the Montreal Canadiens, and it's not good enough. Mitch Marner is the dud of the 2020-2021 playoffs. Yeah, no secret there. <laughs> I mean, he earned that. He just did not live up to the hype and i said it before like he like he looked like he got in his own head and that's just it the uh he's got some mental work to do yeah skills there but decision making is where his biggest problems are right now makes a lot of panic plays yeah pat just plays where he doesn't he doesn't put any thought into it he just he just does well, it bites him in the butt too many times. My dud is Austin Matthews. And I never thought I'd have Austin Matthews as a dud, but my God, man, one goal in seven games after winning the Rocket. What the fuck happened? <laughs> what the fuck happened? <laughs> and the one goal was literally a tap in off of our Yeah. Rebound. Like we didn't see a single. That was like, all TJ Brody. He yeah. shot for a rebound. Yeah, like we didn't see a single patented Matthews goal. No, like he kept missing the net. He yeah. missed the net so many times. So like many you weren't times. even testing price. Oh my God, dude, like that's why I did. I called it out so many times during games that like the Leafs missed. I literally, I think that was the last, the last episode before the playoffs. I was really saying the Leafs missed the net more than they hit the net. Like it's it's insane how and, often and they miss. a lot of those shots were coming. Like I would rather, state. I would rather you have get your shot blocked than you miss the fucking net. That many times though, like once or twice. Okay, it happens. But yeah, like, it happens occasionally, but it can happen consistently. Yeah, that you are consistently shooting high and wide, and like that's not good. Like if you're shooting high, and but that, but then the shitty thing was though, is that when they were moving and they decided to shoot somewhere other than wide, they shot five hole. And you know what? I find they it. Never shot five hole. Why? I Why? find it wild. That I'm calling him a dud when the guy just won the rocket. He's been nominated for the heart. He's been nominated for the Ted Lindsay. And he was wasn't he nominated for one more? Yeah, Lady Bing. That's yeah, and, and the Lady Bing. But this is and, but this is why he's been nominated. Because yeah. you were nominated for all of that shit, and then you did nothing in the playoffs. Like nothing. Every, and everybody's like, oh, but he really worked on his defensive game. And it's like, yes, I agree, he did. 
Yeah, but what Absolutely the fuck does defensive play matter against a team that doesn't know how to score? Exactly. And here's the other thing. We pay you a lot of money to score goals. You were a goal scorer. And he just, yeah, like he just kept messing the net. Just not good enough. Not, not good enough. All right. More positive note here. Who's the your series? Bet? I'm going to go butt of the series as you can expect. Bill Nye, the wrist shot guy. Because yeah. I mean, he showed he, up every game. He was the best player on the team. And so all the fucking people that decided to hate on Nylander, thought he was overpaid, called him a bum, said we should trade him for a bag of pucks, can all kindly go fuck yourselves. Because that man went out and showed you why he's worth every single dollar that we pay him and more. He was easily our best forward consistently throughout the entire series, easily the butt of the playoffs. William Bill Nye, the wrist shot guy, Nylander. No argument here, man. He's the only one who seemed to be able to put the puck in the net. Consistently. Very I don't know. Consistently. Uh, I mean, my bud, I was very torn on this one. Um, I kind of want to give it to two people. <laughs> um, but I'm going to go with the less obvious one. And that's going to be TJ Brody. Interesting. But of the series for me, just he had the same amount of goals as Austin Matthews. <laughs> for starters. For starters. Not for a guy mention, who had like what, one goal in the season? Yeah. Like, the, like he is such a stay at home defenseman and he makes all the little, all little plays perfectly. And he was boxing out and he was doing extraordinarily well defensively and then he shows up with this clapper and he had a couple of really good chances as well he had the one that that went in but man like you can see that this guy can play this guy is good he does really good and and the other guy honorable mention to alex kerfoot who is uh sadly going to be playing in seattle next year yeah you keep saying that but they got to pick him first so well, who else are they picking from our team? It's you him, just... Pierre Engvall, or Travis Dermott. Whatever. We'll see. That's what their options are. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's been fun. You know, this was the first ever season of the Bots podcast. And you know what? It's It's been a lot of fun. It's been... You know, it's ironic that our first episode was called the roller coaster of a season because this was also a roller coaster of the season, except we were on a chain lift the whole season and then a very steep drop in the playoffs. Oh, no, there just wasn't there wasn't any track. It just went to the top and just fell off. And, yeah, every, <laughs> just a, a yard. They brought us to the top of Leviathan and just dropped us off. There was no actual track down. It was just plummet to your death. <laughs> Dear God. It's morbid. Well, so was that series. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> like, that was literally the most embarrassing loss I've ever seen in my life. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm still... Like people like have brought it up in my my social life multiple times. Like people at work and people and people like and like I 
I have to tell them to shut up because I, I I can't talk about it. Like, I'm I'm surprised that I made it to this episode without like losing my shit because that's why we had to wait two weeks. <laughs> it's so difficult for me to stay optimistic, and I am optimistic. And that's the crazy. That's the fuck. Guess the crazy fucked up part that's about the, it all. That's the disease <laughs> that's, that's, that is that's, Leafs. That's, that is that is the fucked up part about it. It's like I I still think they can do it. I still believe in this team. I still believe in Shanahan. I still believe in Davis. I still believe in the plan. I I also and the, this is gonna sound a little crazy. I think the Leafs weren't meant to do it with no with no crowd in the in the stands. I they had home ice right advantage. There. They had home but ice no advantage, real, I, but not ice. really home ice advantage. In so, fact, they almost almost didn't have home ice advantage because they got their fans in the building first, <laughs> and a way bigger number. Yeah, way so that's bigger. the thing. Is like I think the Leafs just weren't meant to win this year, and part of it is because they didn't have fans in the stands. And if when the Leafs nation is going to get paid off for their fucking patience and dedication to this team, they better be in the fucking building for it. And so yep, that's fair. that's what I think next year holds for us. That's and you know that's what? my that's my belief. That's what I'm holding on to and believing to going into next season is that this was the year that emotionally and mentally scars this team into realizing what they need to do to be successful. Well, because look, look and like people say you can't compare the Leafs to the Tampa Bay Lightning, and fair, some of their core had been to the Stanley Cup final before. Totally fair, they had had way more playoff success. But what the year after they got emotionally and mentally scarred and embarrassed by getting four games swept after having one of the most historical regular seasons in the regular season, they figured it out the next season. And I think that's what's in store for Maple Leafs. Fingers crossed. Like this was the, like, how, how could you get more embarrassing of a loss? I don't want to know, man, because I feel feel like the Leafs will find a way. (laughs) LeBron LeBron James makes his entire career and his statement of being the GOAT on the fact that he came back from a 3-1 series deficit. We gave up one of those. That's that's, that's just – it's so embarrassing. Like, I don't know. Put yourself on the team. If you were literally playing on the team, you were part of those games, and and that happened to you. How could you come back the next season and be like, that can't ever fucking happen again? Yeah, well, that's what we thought after last year. Yeah, but dude, this, like I said, this is the most embarrassing thing. This is more embarrassing than 2013, where most of these players weren't even here. Riley was there. Only Riley, who (laughs) might be gone this offseason. So you might start next season with nobody but the people who've experienced last year's trauma. And that's what this team needed is a giant kick in the fucking butthole to realize that the playoffs are a different fucking beast. You need to fucking come with a different attitude, a different mindset, a different motivation in the playoffs because it's, it's like you said earlier, it's no longer about money in the playoffs. It's about pride. It's about dedication. And it's about the will to win. It is about legacy in the playoffs. You, you get remembered as a player based on your playoff accomplishments. Yep. You and really think Gretzky was he as big of a name if he wasn't as dominant as champion. he was a cup champion and did as much as what he did in the regular season he did in the playoffs? Like, it's the reason why he has a bunch of playoff records as well. 
Like you can you say the same about it. Mario Lemieux. Yep. You can say it about Sidney Crosby. You can say it about Alex Ovechkin. You can say it about Patrick Kane. You can say it about Jonathan Taves. You can say it about Stephen Stamkos. You can say it about all Mark of Messier. The, the, big, the big boys. Yabra Yager, all the big boys won. They found win. a way. And I'm hoping that this season, and obviously, I hope JT can play a whole fucking series. Because we also know that if JT doesn't get injured, that's an easy dub. And Leafs are yeah. currently in the conference finals. Well, you know what? I, I got to give a big shout out to everybody who has listened to even, even a single episode of the Bods this we year because you're a fellow bot yeah, just, you're one of the bots you're one of the bots and you know what i i hope we bring you some entertainment some insight and you know what it, it's sad that this is going to be the last episode for a little while um but as soon as we have some leafs news as soon as there's a, a trade or you know even after the if there's nothing until the expansion draft we'll definitely do an episode after the expansion draft i mean i mean the expansion draft's only probably a month away anyways right so yeah yeah so so that we'll have a, a month hiatus to go back into mourning <laughs> and then we'll uh start to do like sporadic episodes whenever there's news over the summer and then you know come october we'll, we'll get things going again for for season two of the bonds podcast oh yeah and unfortunately, I, and I know it's hard. I know it's hard. And people are, people have asked, like, hey, how, are, how are you a Leaf fan? And it's like, well, I've been a fan for 30 years. I'm not about to stop now. It's in my blood. You're born it's, here, man. It's what I do. I was born into it. The Leafs, I bleed blue and white. Look at the color of this room. The Leafs are what I do. They are my soul. And I will believe in them forever. And that's why I believe next year is going to be the year when the the buds are about to be able to be back in the fucking building. We're going to get home ice advantage again and make it feel good and just going to be wholesome and beautiful. And we're going to do it. And what we as, as a fan base, and I know it's so difficult to think about right now, it's so difficult to pull yourself towards, but you can never, ever forget. Go Leafs, go. <laughs>